in the beginning, adrenaline and coffee is all you need, right? Like, <laughs> and got, delusion and delusion. Right? And, delu- and you're just like, you can stay up all hours of the night because you're just like so jazzed about getting this thing out, right? Passionate. Passion is incredible. This is a Soul Fire production. You are listening to episode 181 of Yes And. This episode is brought to you by our studio sponsor, Advocare. And listen, today is always the perfect day to up your supplement game and invest in your help and let Advocare help you do that. They are my favorites. I've been using their stuff for two and a half years. So check them out. Link in the show notes, but don't pay full price. Use my code FEELBETTER15. That's FEELBETTER15 to get discounts and support this podcast when you do. All right, y'all. Today's episode, here we go. It's going to be good. Are you ready? Hold on. I got to get a drink of bubbly for this one. Mm. Not champagne, but I should have champagne. I'm drinking a little club sods. I'm a club sods girl. Anyone else? Um, I should pop a, a glass of champagne, but I have a big talk on Thursday and I got to stay in the game. One of the things I do um, when I've got something like I'm doing a brand new talk in a couple of days, I'm doing a couple things in that talk that I've never done before. So I am in like mad rehearsals. And um, one of the things fear hates is when you're focused. Uh, Because when you're focused, you're hard to stop. So when I'm about to do something new, business-wise, personally, professionally, I get really focused. And so I sort of really watch, like I I turn up the volume on like the mindfulness and just the um, all the things that make me feel really good, like baths and sitting outside, watching the stars, meditating, reading, praying, thinking. And then I watch booze. I eliminate booze. I really watch my carbs. I get more lean protein in and I just laser focus. So I'm not on the bubbles, but I will on Friday. On Friday, I'll be on the bubbles celebrating the risks I'm about to take on stage Thursday, right? No no risk, no reward, right? If you want something different, you got to do something different. And let me tell you, this is a great segue to our guest today. Because if there's someone that knows how to do something different so she can get something different, it is our friend Jess, the CEO and founder of Naked Rebellion, a luxury lingerie line that actually, and I should be popping the bubbly for her because she just sent a text out to um, our entire group that she just got into Macy's. Like her lingerie line just got into Macy's. And guys, she's been in this game, the entrepreneurial game, the fashion game, the costume design game for 20 years, designing for iconic shows, one of them being House of Cards, where they got an Emmy nomination. So she has been in this game for a minute. And I love her story. I love her. I love her story. I love her lingerie. Not an ad. Hashtag not an ad. Um, I love her stuff. I feel so good and so confident in her stuff. And she makes the joke that she was like skims before skims, right? She just doesn't have the gazillions and the huge followings and the celebrity status and the reality show. But she was skims before skims, right? I mean, her stuff is so smooth, so magical, so sexy. And it just sucks you in in all the right places. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, she is also really savvy and really smart and really kind. And what I love so much about Jess is that she is a creative and an entrepreneur in her like, soul in her bones. And she is running, like she's got, I think three, oh, I can't remember, four kids, four kids, four kids. Does she have three or four kids? Anyway, she's got three or four kids. She's married. She's got four businesses. Okay. So if you're sitting there going, I don't have the time, or you're making an excuse because of whatever season you're in, listen, when a dream is your destiny, you can't help but look at it. So you will find a way. And she has found a way through help and focus and goal-focused planning and being in partnership with her husband. And what I love about all of that is she also finds the time to give back. And that's how we met. She's a member and a mentor in a community called Foundress. So there's a group of us that are female founders up here and we're mentors in an, it's not an association. It's kind of like a a membership uh, for local female founders here in Arizona. 
And, you know, every month we meet, we take summers off, but every month we meet and we give back, right? And we help each other and we make connections. And Jessica's one of those mentors. And what's so cool about her is she is such a give back vibe kind of girl. Like she is investing in her community and she is helping other female founders figure it out while she's growing her own business and managing the business of her own family. She is like incredible. And I ask her all of those questions. I talk about entrepreneurship with her. I talk about taking risks and putting yourself out there. We talk about really what it looks like to build an inclusive company today. We talk about being a mom and and staying focused and the best business advice she ever got and the worst business advice she ever got. It's such a good conversation. She is walking the walk. So this talk is and this conversation is the real deal because Jess is the real deal. She's been in this game since the age of 16 when she started designing youth costumes here in Arizona, moved to LA, and just got into the game and into film and TV, really designing costumes, um, getting really involved in winning awards. Again, she's Emmy nominated for her work on House of Cards. Anyway, her almost 20 years of costume design experience helped her identify a huge market need. And she created... Naked Rebellion. Don't you just love that name? She couldn't find a nude shade undergarment for her on-screen talent. Because I don't know about you, but most of us don't have the same skin color or skin type. And she was running into problems. And she was like, if I'm having this issue, other people are too. So she figured out a way to solve that problem. And the story behind how this sort of company came to life is so serendipitous happy accidents. That's the definition of serendipity. It's so cool. We unpacked that story and something that was like a really big, bad, epic failure and moment in her life turned into one of the most magical things. And she's now in Macy's and I'm so fucking happy for her. Um, So Naked Rebellion is a nude shade luxury lingerie company created for every woman on earth. They have been able to become a platform in the community where every woman can see themselves represented. And she has created the most rebellious, inclusive, and true that comfortable brand around. So y'all, here is my high vibe conversation with the incredible founder of Naked Rebellion, Jessica. Jess, yo, I am so hyped to be here with you. And we got we to gotta start with like how we, air quotes, met because it is the nerdiest and most awesome story in the world. So I feel like, do you okay. want to tell it? And then I'll chime okay. in. Okay. Like, so. Well, okay. So here's how, here's so. how I ended up there. And so I think this is kind of like, okay, yeah, the story. Okay. so I went, like, I probably should have been a fine art major, but I was a fine art minor. Right. And Ooh. in college. And, okay. um, I, my, my husband was like, you never paint anymore. You never do anything artistic because I, we've got three kids and all these businesses and like, there's just no room for it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make a plan that I like do this creative outlet for myself. And like, I'm going to find a contained way to do it because I know that like my psyche, right. right? If my husband's like, hi, you haven't done this in a while. It kind of means like, Hey, you kind of been acting (laughs) like a raging, you know what? So like, let's, you gotta go. So I was like, okay, let's find like a studio. And I was like, oh my gosh, my friend's mom does these studios with like beautiful paint days. I should do one of her days. So I like sign up for this, not knowing a single thing, Mm -hmm. just knowing that like it needs to be my outlet. And so you go to this thing and it's like a bunch of like, uh, I don't want to say older because I don't like that word, but like these ladies have lived life, right? Much more life than I have. These ladies are vintage vintage magic there was a lot of vintage magic in the room they were a lot of fine wines in the room we'll say that and i was like a brand not even bottled yet um (laughs) 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 we're still in the barrel i'm just kidding um and uh so we're like painting or whatever and the the instructor's like i know you from somewhere i know and i was like okay so hi i i know your daughter and my your son in law and she's like oh my gosh and you have this company and you make laundry and oh my gosh every woman in this room needs to know about you and i was like i want to crawl under a rock i just literally came here to paint so like get my outlet going and she's like stand up tell everybody about your company and i was like okay i will so then i stand up and i talk about okay. naked rebellion and all these things and then we like finished the paint class and then you were like, hi. 
Hi. <laughs> I'm like, hi. My name's Shooty. I've been sitting in the back of the room by myself also in between lots of vintage fine wines, listening to all their stories. And I too went to the painting class, by the way, at a really chic hotel in the valley. So it was at a beautiful place in the valley and we're painting cactuses. And I'm like, what am I doing here? But I knew like she had called out Jessica and I'm like, who's that girl? What's going on? And keep in mind, I'm there on a soul's journey too. Like, I'm like, I've got to put myself into like, this is the game I play. Um, how do I get uncomfortable every day on purpose in order to like expand my life and meet new people? And I'm brand new to Arizona and she calls you out. And then she, I remember being like, and she was just on the today show for her lingerie. And it was just so cool. Cause I think you were just like on the other side of being on the fuck today show. And I cannot yeah. wait to talk about Naked Rebellion and all your businesses. And there is so much to unpack, but I love it. I did go up to Jess and I was like, hi, hi, my name is Judy. And I just moved here. And I'm like little Bambi, like I'm, my old boss, my very first boss, like who is like my biggest mentor in life. She's like, if you were a dog, you'd be a border collie. Like you're so border collie or a golden retriever. And I have a golden, but like, I was like, hi, my name is Judy. Uh, I just moved here and I'm an age. She goes, and then Jess goes, wait, are you a member of Foundress? Like, tell me, you know, like, yes, of course. And she goes, okay, well, I'll see you at the next meeting. And you were like teaching. And then I became a mentor like you. We're both now mentors. And so I just love, like you literally were the first female founder and entrepreneur like I met in Arizona. And I remember leaving that painting going, like that painting event, like putting myself into that uncomfortable situation by myself on purpose going, that right there is why I do it. Like you just never know who you're going to and you just have to have an open mind. And so just, you know, that is how our story began and it's continued to evolve. And so I knew I had to get you on the show because you are such a fun woman to watch and follow because you walk the walk, you talk the talk, but you walk the walk and you are, um, you are building a business that is not only creating its own culture, it's changing the world, and it's a shining example. The whole reason you have Naked Rebellion right now is a shining example of what it looks like to take like a really big failure or a big, what someone would perceive as a really fucking low point in life and turn it into like the best thing ever. So before we go there, I have to ask you, you're a serial entrepreneur. Like, okay. And I think you want to have four businesses yeah. right now. How many four. businesses do you have? Oh my God. And you have three, three kids, kids, four kids. Okay. And what are the ages of those kids? Seven, seven <laughs> like small. almost five yeah. and 16 months. Seven, five, 16 months, husband, and no, no dogs. We're not right now. We had, we had, a, we no had dogs. A fish, okay. but no longer. No case. animals, no animals. You think, okay, got the kids and, and four businesses. So before that, like, what was the first business? Like, did you come out of the womb like a serial entrepreneur? Like, tell me a little bit about like, what led you to entrepreneurship and like what that first business well, was? I, I feel like, I mean, I feel like I could run a lemonade stand like and swindle you out of whatever money you needed, like as a kid. Right. <laughs> but I was always, I was always right. like, a, I was always a dancer and a volleyball player. So I was always like busy on a team <gasps> with, with other women. Right. Like cool. I was always like part of a bigger Dope. thing. Um, but when it comes to business, my father is an entrepreneur and an architect. And so he had, he's had more businesses than I can count of like, you know, in this season of his life, he's doing X, Y, and Z in construction and this season, X, Y, and Z in construction. So I was always around like creating and designing and blueprints and clients and like, kind of, you know, like that lifestyle, like my, we would go on family yeah. vacations, but my dad was always like working because like when you're the business, you kind of like, yeah, yeah, you can turn it off at certain times, but you're still the business. So I kind of just knew yeah. that like, it was the lifestyle that I've always lived in and just knew that like sitting in a box that someone else built from nine to five was just not something I could do. Mm. So I just, yeah. I just kind of, it's, I don't know that I've ever had a real job. Like they say, where yeah. like someone writes you a check and you have an agreement and there's certain amount of years on a contract or whatever. Like I've never had that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah. And you grew up with a high tolerance for pain for it because you watched your dad and you probably were inspired by, yeah, there, there is challenge to it. There is no, I mean, if it was easy, everybody would be an yeah. entrepreneur. It is well, really, 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 really hard, right? The discipline. I watched him lose everything. I've had, well, seen him and celebrated the huge wins, right? And then saw a bad partnership that he made and lost everything when his kids were little. Everything. And so like to be able to grow <gasps> into that and see that and also like seeing my dad like pick himself up and brush himself off and also like see him like yeah. own the low but then keep going and my mom like and my whole family together as like a unit like it wasn't it it wasn't like this it was obviously detrimental but it wasn't this like uh oh low we got it all fin for ourselves it was like no 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 we're one and we keep going so it was like a really I applaud I my that. parents for just like embracing that. And to this day, one of our companies now is with my father, which is like so fun to say that like in that, where he kind of was like, that is whatever insane. me and my husband's name is Jay, whatever Jay and I brought him this idea. And he was like, let's go, you know, to have that kind of like, let's go sounding board faith in you is, impre- is incredible. It's invaluable. Right. I love it. I always say that, um, you know, why, the, w- the reason we can do what we do in an improv environment, like in the halls of Second City or any improv theater around the world, is the reason we can do what we do is there is an environment that has been created that feels really safe to fuck it up, to fail, to bomb, to get it wrong, to get it wrong, to get it wrong, to ooh, maybe one one day get it right. Right. And then we get it wrong. And then we get like, we feel so safe to like it, like to perform and to experiment and to fail publicly. So this allows us to move faster and be less perfect. It sounds like you, which is an entrepreneurial, like kind of asset to have, like, we got to move, we got to move, we got to get shit out the door. I need, I need to know how you're going to react to this so then I can iterate and make it better and pivot and do what I need to do. It sounds like you grew up in like almost like an improv ensemble, if you will, you know? Well, I was in improv. Did, were you really? I was. Yeah. And I was in, yeah. in high school and we would perform for middle schoolers. And like oh. number one rule for us in improv was you never say no. It's yeah. always a yes. Like if you're improving, right. I'm not going to tell you that where you're going is a no. I have yeah. to like, how do we get to this? Yes. And I think that was like the most valuable lesson I've ever learned and continue in my life is like, everything is how to get to a yes. Like even a failure, even a no, like how Mm. everything is about a yes. Like it's not a door, it's a window, whatever analogy you Mm. want, but it's about the grit. Like how do you turn anything into a yes? You can, yeah, you have the ability, but like having those intrinsic skills and like being able to do it person to person is what improv taught us. But how to get to a yes is, you know, I mean, yeah. clearly your podcast is called that, but I mean, that's yeah. truly like what we live. That's how we live in our house. Like it's, it's always a yes. How do we get to the yes? How do we get to, how do we get to the yes? And even if I have to kick the door down or slide through the window or, you know, Jimmy rig it, like, you know, we're going to get, we're going to figure it out. Um, and I think that's beautiful. And sometimes the yes, like this is, what I say all the time about yes and, I'm like, yes and doesn't mean we have no boundaries. Yes and can still be a sneaky no, but you're still driving. It's like forward momentum towards something instead of like roadblocks and like the Debbie Downer who is constantly blocking action. Yeah. And in teams and certainly in creative work, we need people like moving shit forward. So wait, what was the first business you ever started? Like what was that first business? Well, technically, I guess the first like legal on paper business I started legal. was is yeah. I still use to this day. Uh Jessica sure. Wenger LLC. That's my costume design yeah. business. So that Your was how dis- again with my entrepreneurial father. So when you work film and TV, it's always like nothing is a long contract. Like it's job to job. And so you can be hired as an independent contractor and pay yourself and have a lot of tax benefits of which my entrepreneur father was like, here's how we're going to structure this for you. Um, so I was, I've been hired as my LLC for any of my costume design jobs since 2009. That's amazing. So, Are you so still much. costume designing? Are you still costume designing under Jessica, Jessica Wagner LLC? <laughs> yes. Oh. I mean, the, you'll never see the LLC in a credit, but yes, I, I am. No. I will take, I'm very, very choosy as to what the projects are just because it's a real, like, it's minimum 12 hours a day. You're usually on location. Like mm. my business and my children, just like, it's just not right in our life right now for a lot of projects, but there are certain ones when they come up and my husband's in the, was in the industry too. And so 
when the right project comes up and we're like, we probably, I think I need to do this one. And like, you know, he knows he has okay. step up here and at home, but um, with my kids being so little and our business growing at such a, a pace right now, I really know yeah. that like I have, we had the choice of like, where's my presence going to be. And it's going to be in this business because that is where I want my 100% given. Yeah. And would you say, okay, so Naked Rebellion, would you say that's the main focus right now? So you've got probably the costume design, you've got four businesses. And I want to spend time talking about Naked Rebellion because I want everybody listening to hear about the company in your own words. And I want to talk about how the company even came to be to begin with, because it's an epic kind of low point that turned into like (laughs) the Today Show and like really great opportunities and the movement you're creating. You were basically fucking skims before there was skims. Just Kardashians had the money the platform, right? Exactly. So, okay. So we're going to get to that. So Naked Rebellion is um, one of your businesses. Would you say that's where you're spending most of your time right now? Yeah, I'm spending, I'm spending a hundred percent of my time there. hundred percent. Okay, great, great, great. And then the other things you're doing just so we like have an understanding. So yeah. we've got costume design, yeah. uh, one-off, bespoke, bespoke <laughs> costume design. Yes. Like mostly um, film and TV else? stuff. Like, so running in that okay, film and TV. Project. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, then, you, you you designed for Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, Dancing with the Stars and House of Cards. We have a, a, the t- the costume Jesus. team that I was a part of has an Emmy nomination for House of Cards. So it's been like a crazy. Oh you are thing. an Emmy. You are an Emmy Emmy uh, what uh, nominated costume designer. Oh girl, let's get that in your bio. Let's get that in your bio. <laughs> okay, okay. So okay, costume bespoke costume design for film and TV. Yes. business one. Yes, business one. Business two, uh, my husband and I started right after we got married because in my world, right, my costume design world, uh, the only option you have, men have for suits is like men's warehouse. And that's gross. Like someone's worn it before. You have to return it the next day. Like you definitely will like rip the ass out as you're dancing on the dance floor, right? Like it's gross. Like there's nothing. You get what you pay for. Yeah. Yeah. So my husband wanted to wear a white tuxedo jacket and and black tuxedo pants for our wedding. And we could not rent it. Oh my God. And so we were going to go that route for um, our our groomsmen, right? Because they were all over the country. And I get that, like, I do clothing. I get that I'm probably a hard customer. I was trying to go in there open-minded. So we had our meeting yeah. with, with that company, with Men's Warehouse. And the, like, person, the salesperson there couldn't even define the parts of a suit to me properly. And I was like, oh, no, gosh. I can't do it. I can't do it. Like, I got to get out of here. Like, I know enough people. Yeah. Let's figure this out. So very long story short, through my connections, we got everybody in our wedding with custom tuxedos that they own. And the price point was like very comparable with men's warehouse, but now they have it. So then people were like, Hey, will you do our wedding? Hey, will you do our wedding? Hey. And I was like, Oh shit, I think we have a business. So that's kind of how it started. And so we had uh, a made to measure company that we were buying and, and tailoring with in Los Angeles. And then we had two factories, one in Thailand, one in China that was custom making our suits for all of our customers. So with like my 10,000 hours of fittings, right. That I've done in my costume, like I could tell you how to measure yourself. And we could build this custom suit, whatever it was around you. And then like, you know, six, eight weeks later, you could have it. Um, And it was doing fine. Uh, We started that in Baltimore when we were in doing House of Cards out there. And then when House of Cards ended and we had our second kid, we were like, where do we move? And we moved back to Arizona where I'm from instead of LA, just because we didn't want to have a nanny raise our kids and we didn't want to work. Each of us work hundred hours a week and not see each other kind of thing. So we moved back here. Kind, I was kind of like kicking and screaming about it where I was like, what's my identity? Who am I now? Like yeah. my mom, my business owner, my costume designer, like oh. all of these like big deal things. I'm postpartum. I'm going to live with my parents. We're selling a house, like every single thing at one time. Everything. And that was uh, September, 2018. And we're yeah. like, what do we do here? And I was like, well, now we have the suit company and we'll bring it now to Arizona. And I will try it. I'm like, I'll, I told my husband, he really wanted to be here. He's from North Carolina and just loved hiking and mountains and everything that yeah. Arizona has to offer. And I was like, okay, I will give you a year of a hundred percent effort. I won't complain. And I will do my best to like, find where it is that I fit in, in this world here and okay. find a community of like-minded people. So, uh, we found an, an incubator in Tempe and we'll say incubator loosely just cause there wasn't like a financial investment involved, but they helped in fashion and kind of like helped you own your patterns. And I was like, cool, we don't know anything. Let's make our business polished. Right. And figure it out. So we applied and we won the scholarship for six months starting in 2019, um, at this fashion design house in Tempe, Arizona. 
And okay. it was incredible. And we go there and on day one, they're like, hi, yeah. So we don't, we can't make suits in this factory. You have all your, all your connections, but how can we figure this out? Do you want to do men's pants and men's dress shirts? And I was like, no, I don't want to be Bonobos. Oh. Like I, I, that's not my passion, but like, what is it? And so I swear there's a connection to all of this. I know I'm oh being God, very long right now. So they go, well, do you have any other ideas? Like any other things you've wanted to make? And my husband goes, well, Jessica's had this idea since 2009. And I looked at him and I was like, oh God, this is my idea. How dare you tell anybody our idea? Like this has been ours. And so the story the he silence. is what I'm about to tell you is, as my experience of, of what, where we are, how we got to where we are now. And in 2009, I was like just starting out my costume design career. I was assisting like huge designers and I was like, I am living. I like got the life. Like we're doing big deal shit here, designing great stuff, working for the big guys. So we're doing this huge commercial campaign and we're dressing all of these like beautiful women in these like really super sexy costumes. And so we can kind of build like the base around it, but they need like their bras to be kind of like fit to them. And then the costume gets built in, but you can kind of see a whole lot of it. Right. So the producers are coming in, the talent's finally coming in all these things for this big deal fitting. And she, the big main designer goes to me and she's like, will you go to Macy's and buy the bras? This is for everybody for their fitting. And I was like, stupid. Sure. I'll go buy bras and buy the bras. And I come back to the fitting and in walked our talent. And it was these like, I swear to God, they were nine foot tall, most beautiful African-American women you've ever seen in your life. And in my hand is a beige gray bra, like similar to the color of my hat where it's like not a skin tone. It's like a zombie, not even a living body color. And that's the only thing that a big, big box store sells. And so they put it on and they're doing these fittings. And like, all you can see is these like gray boobs on these people. And the costumes look terrible. The producers are pissed off. They don't understand how it happens, how this could happen. And she was like, yep, Jessica bought the wrong things. Don't worry. She'll be gone. She won't come back anymore. And I was fired on the spot for something that this industry did not make. And I was like, I was floored. Right. And it's not that like Mm -hmm. I was fired. It was that I knew it now. Right. Like. Our whole lives as women were pitted against each other. We're told each other that like, you're less than I am better than whatever it is, right? Like there's not even an undergarment that actually represents us together. This is insane. And so I like went home to my then boyfriend, who's now my husband and was like, can you believe that I'm fired and that this doesn't exist? And then we start like diving deeper and deeper into like, systemic racism in like all of these products, like the Band-Aid and like you see, like mm-hmm. there was a big thing, a big um like like diatribe thesis of Kevin Garnett in the NBA finals. And he like cut his head and the whole NBA finals, he was wearing this like beige Band-Aid across his forehead. And it was like humiliating and yeah. distracting and like just systemic problems of like, why are these products created not equally, right? Yeah. I don't know if you think about In one color. Yeah. It just doesn't yeah. make sense. So any very long story short, I could talk about it forever, but Jay, so Jay tells the story of my idea that I was like, no one knows this. This is just an idea. Like we don't have money for this. How, what are we going to do? And so the incubator ladies were like, well, now you know what you're going to do for six months. And I was like, no, no, no. We only have an idea. Like, what do you mean? We had nothing. So this is January 1, 2019. And oh so, and you were fired in tw- 2009. So 10 years yes, later, 10 you're years in this later. incubator for a suit, like the next business, which is the suits and designing these suits, yeah. but they're like, we can't make suits. So what else do you got? And husband goes, Jay goes, Oh, remember that time in 2009? And like, here we go. Boom. Yeah. We're, she's off to the, like, this is yeah. where naked rebellion was born. Yeah. There was no name. There was nothing. There were no <sighs> patterns. There were not even like. Every once in a while, Jay and I would talk about it and brainstorm. And I had like a secret folder in my phone of like, these are the, these are the bras that I like, right? This is the whatever. And now I, at that point in 2019, I was a mom of two. I'd nursed two babies. Like how yeah, are meanwhile, <laughs> Right. And I, we yeah, had six, at that point, we had a six month old um, at this, at this moment. So it was like, I was nursing. I couldn't even wear a bra. I didn't have anything that was comfortable. I didn't like anything. And I, I had a larger, a larger chest to start with. So it was like this world of like, you only have a sports bra and then you look terrible because it's all flattened. So how do you make something that, that is comfortable, that is sexy, that's functional, that's comp- like, you know, all the things, right? 
So it kind of like, we just needed one person to give us permission of like, yep, good idea. Mm. Now go do it. And we then we had this like manufactured timeline that we had that like, we didn't create someone else created for us. So it pushed us into this overdrive of like, you can do it, turn this into the best story ever. And so Jay and I, in our, in our scholarship that we won, we got an office, but it was like, a basement bomb shelter. There was no windows. There was like nothing. So he, and oh, shit. at that time we could only afford a babysitter two days a week. And my mom was lovely and would watch one day a week. So we had three days a week, like four hours that we would just like lock ourselves in this basement bomb and shelter Jane. and just heads down to the grind and do it. And we came up with a name and all of the branding and all of the marketing and all of the pattern making and all of the, everything. you and your husband, yeah. you and your husband, I guess I didn't realize Jay was such an active and instrumental part in like, you guys are like yeah. business, literally life and business partners. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I love saying it because I know that for certain people, they're like, you can work with your husband. How is that possible? And then, I mean, I don't want to know any different. Like he's my absolute best friend. He's so smart. He's a wordsmith, like together what we've been able to do just because it's like the other person, when you're down, they're up and they kind of like keep you trudging faster. It's been an incredible partnership and what we've been able to do. And also we, he also was like, no one wants to buy a bra for me. I don't want, he's like, don't, you know, I'll be behind the scenes this whole time. So I end up being more the face and a lot of like the, yeah. the contact stuff of this business, but yeah, he is a, a true part of this backbone of this business. Wow. Jess, um, the mission naked rebellion, you know, was born out of this. Okay. So guys, like she was fired for something like that wasn't even her fault, which is actually at that time. And it's nice to see companies and the world starting to address that there needs to be um, a solution for every body on earth. And that is essentially the mission of Naked Rebellion. It is lingerie and undergarments and, you know, there's shapewear. Like I, your bodysuits are my favorite. It is like, it is the, the original Mm -hmm. uh, skims in in my opinion, um, because you were there first. And um, your mission is that it's for everybody on earth, like, right? Every woman, every body, like, so that whether you're black, white, brown. Yeah. Good (laughs) girl. Good girl. Because, well, yes, right right now, yes, we focus in bras and underwear for women, people that have that genitalia. We don't want to be only that, right? Like what our growth is. So yes, we... Uh, have trademarked every woman on earth because we have been saying that for a long time. But yeah, we are moving into everybody on earth because we have a lot of really cool things planned. And I love it. Yeah, it's interesting. I think so much of um, true entrepreneurship, true innovation. I think innovation is like listening and looking and like this blend of like courage meets pop culture. It's like taking what's going on in the world, but also putting your like, your twist on it and your your conversation on it. And what I love about Naked Rebellion is that it, for me, it's so much more than a lingerie or underwear undergarment line. It is, it is a conversation mm-hmm. and it's a movement um, through a moment in time that has to be, because conversations are always changing and the conversations we're having today are going to be very different than the conversations we have in five years. So people who want to stay in business have to be listening and you're listening. And I love that. And then you're putting your lens on what you're hearing, right? And what I also love about, you know, Naked Rebellion and the undergarments, like you can literally like the bralette, the one that was sold out on the Today Show that you had at um, Junk in the Truck that I bought. So I bought the like underwear and the bralette. Like you can legit even wear it as a swimsuit. Like it is not, you almost feel like, I don't know. I feel really like every time I wear your stuff, I feel very like... (sighs) Pulled in, put together, very sexy. It's very desert, okay? Because everything's like nude and different browns and blacks and like all, you know, pick your color. You're It's going to match your skin tone. Mm-hmm. But it, you definitely feel good in it. It is so well-made and it is so fun to watch you um, start conversations, disrupt conversations and use beautiful uh, lingerie and undergarments to, to do that. All right. Speaking of bossing up and putting yourself out there, I got to pause this high vibe conversation to let you know something real exciting. Guess what's coming back? Guess who's back? 
back again. That's right. Well, it's not shady. It's not Eminem. It is Speaker School, baby. That's right. By popular demand, we are going back on tour this fall, September 2023. We're going to have a brand new class coming through Speaker School. And let me tell you, the spring 2023 class, I can't even, can I just give them a, a standing ovation right here? Yo, we've got some of the goats in this class. We have stylists and coaches and DJs. We've got authors. We've got leaders from Harley Davidson and Beachbody and Soul Cycle and the Boston Red Sox, baby. And all of them are slaying the game. The testimonials coming in are incredible. I'm going to start to share a lot of that on social media and certainly as we lead up into the next launch. Um, but we are, we are really having so much fun. And listen, speaking on stage is my most favorite thing to do, but speaker school and helping other speakers do that is quickly becoming one of my equal favorite things to do. And listen, if you're not familiar with Speaker School, what is it? It is essentially a course where I teach you the business of keynote speaking. So whether you want to be a full-time keynote speaker like myself, or maybe you have a business and you want to grow that, that business by speaking on more stages. I mean, listen, I think there's no better way to sell, grow, or get more eyeballs on what it is that you do for a living than stepping on stage and figuring how to, out how to do that with swagger, like leveraging those those stages, performing like a pro, writing like a pro, selling and pitching like a pro, and then really leaving a legacy on the other side of the stage. I mean, that's what we do. So if you are interested in what I'm putting down here and you want to go back on tour with us this fall, we are going to open doors in September. Date coming soon, but get yourself on the wait list. Go to judyholler.com forward slash speaker school or click the link in the show notes. It'll take you right there and you can see a course outline, get um, a peek at our frequently asked questions. It should answer most of your questions. You can find out what the course entails and all the good stuff. I mean, one of the things in our FAQs is the entire course outline. So you can see what the course is all about and make a decision on whether it's for you or not. And listen, jump into my DMs on Instagram. I'm at Judy Holler, also linked up in the show notes, but holler at me in the DMs. I love answering your questions around speaker school and all the things. So I just love hearing from you. So if that sounds like something you'd like to get better at, speaking on stage, and if you think speaking might be a calling for you or that speaking on stage could help you grow your business and your brand, let me help you do it. We go back on tour this fall. Again, link in the show notes to get yourself on the wait list. And my favorite, can I be honest, is when you come on your Instagram and you're like, okay, guys, let me put on Spanx. It's like the best. Like you like, get, I love when you do the like vulnerable stuff. You know what I mean? And you're starting to have more of a face. Like, tell me about that. Like, tell me about how you... You know, I get to sit with you. We're both mentors and foundress. And I get to hear you say from time to time when we, you know, you'll have to speak. I'm sure you get tapped on the shoulder all the time to speak. And, you know, you have to speak in front of foundress and, and other situations. You know, it's like, oh my God, I hate speaking. I hate speaking. And oh my God. But just like, you're so good. Like, you're just so, you're a great storyteller. You're a great listener. You have so much in the field experience. Like, I can't get enough. Like, when you're talking, I'm like, just give her the freaking mic. Like, there's a, a thousand stories in this woman's head. Like, I want to hear them all. So tell me, tell me where your comfort level is now with sort of putting yourself out there on behalf of the brand, because I really do think, and my team is really pushing me here too, realigning my business to Hala. Like I've had this thing inside of me. It is my last name. Like, where has she been? Like you could go be like corporate Barbie in a box and put yourself safely in a box. But when you start to really become yourself and put yourself out there, people get attracted to that. Where's your comfort level at with you being a little bit more in the forward facing part of your brand? Cause I love when you show up, but it's scary. It's, it's very scary, but that is the feedback that I'm getting. So it's, I'm so grateful that like in this journey of like, what do, what does this brand look like? What do people want to hear? Who do they want to say it? I've had a very like soft landing pad, if you will, mm. right? Where like people, like anytime I do go on, people are just like commenting and sharing and it's like our best yes. thing ever. And so I am floored that like, that is the content that people want to see. Cause also like I've have three kids, like I have three C-section scars. Like this isn't like yeah. the body that that's what's I, relatable, right? Like this is the body that we're going with. Right. And so I, I shouldn't, I, I need to show how 
my personal struggles with like, it, it's not like easy that I wake up and I'm like, got this body, here we go, right? Like some yes. days it's easier to channel. Other days you're like, what is happening? Um, you know, and yeah. it looks very different now than when it did when, 10 years ago when this started, you know? Yes. Um, yes. But I think that authenticity is what people are craving. And I also don't, I have one speed and no filter. So I don't know how to be anything but, right? Like we just go. We are the same. Do, we're the know. same in that. It's so fun. Like we are the same. I that. love when I sit next to you on a panel because I'm like, ah, I just want to, ah. like, we're both just like one yeah. speed, no filter. Let's yeah. go. You know, I love it. I, well, and it's, it's a funny thing. Like I danced my whole life, like as a kid and I had yeah. like massive stage fright, but I loved the the performance mm. and doing it. So like I would literally, my mom would stand on the sidelines and I would like throw up in a bucket and then I would go out and dance every, every year all the time for 10, Get like 12 out. years. So it's this like thing that's, it's like this, my nervous system is just wired to like, that is a super anxiety inducing thing for me, but I love it. And I love to connect and I love the story. Yeah. And so I'm really working hard to like get past it and show up on social, like as my face, for some reason that is easier for me than like standing in front of 15 people yeah. and talking, let alone a hundred people. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, it's like, how did you do a today show and stuff? Like when you go on media and like, you're you know, doing all the big, the big stuff, like how do you get that stage fright even before that? Well, or is it more just when actual human? Well, my, my like hack for this, right. If you will. Okay. Yeah. Give us the hack. Give us the hack. Well, I hope that, I hope that it's applicable. I think it can be. So I worked in film and TV forever. Right. So like I saw actresses and actors of all shapes, sizes, whatever roles, either prepare and be fully confident and prepare and be still nervous and like what that looked like. But the whole point was the preparation. And that they were learning words, right? So like- Guys, I did not tell her to say this. I did not pay just to say this. Preparation is my thing. I think that is like everything. And so, and it's not, and I think there's a, some people think that like, if you write this down and it's not off the flyer, like if you memorize something about yourself or your story, that then it's like not true, which is like completely the opposite, right? No, you communicate clearly from that that from that perspective. So my whole background is reading scripts, dissecting scripts. What does it tell? What's the context? What's the subtext? What's the everything involved in the story that you're going to tell? So once I viewed it all as a script that I could memorize and I was communicating as a character, and I'm not saying it's inauthentic because it is me. I'm telling the real story, the brand story, that once I could view it like a performer and not me, everything changed. And so my heart rate goes down. I can communicate it now. I'm prepared. And I've memorized the script of what the Naked Rebellion show is doing. And it don't does not mean any bit phony because 100% authentic. But it is just my way of preparing and focusing and communicating very clearly so that the audience can get the best version of the story and the best version of this brand put forward. Oh my God. It, what you just said there is gold. And I hope everybody really, really listened to that. And it is, I teach this in speaker school, like this essence of like, it's almost like you're creating a persona, right? I mean, you're you, but you, it's this prepared version of you. And I think the misnomer about the improv theater, we both have a background in that. It, and this is a big reason I wasn't getting hired by a lot of people. So we made big updates to my website because clients were coming to me going, Oh, yo, like you're great love what you're doing, but like, we don't want you to come in and tell my people to wing it. Like we do, we think you're going to come into my organization and tell all my people to just improvise and go with the flow. And and I'm like, dude, that is like the furthest from the truth. Like improvisers are some of the most prepared people you'll ever meet. And it's our preparation that allows us to like react on the fly. So I am so prepared. I know my pitch. I know my swag statement. I know like you've got five seconds you have less than a New York minute to get someone's attention. So you should like, that is swagger. And how many times are you asked? So what do you do? So what do you do? So what do you do? Like, I think it's a boss move and, and kind of a requirement when you own a business to be able to quickly, clearly, and confidently do that. And I think that's what prepares us for media, for television. So you get on there and you rehearse and you know what you're doing. You've got probably 90 seconds to a three minute clip. So do you know what you're going to say? And, and yeah, maybe you have it memorized, but you, you, what the memorization also gives you the confidence to go off script if you need to, because you know, your shit, you know, you know, your business preparedness allows you to pivot. 
You can't just like on the dime be like, I don't know what we're going to do now. Like, okay, I'm so prepared. So if she's going to go over here and start talking more about this, okay, then this is the lane we can travel down because I know it. Like, that's all it does. It's so good. Yeah. That's all it does. Like this podcast interview, guys, like with any of my guests, like there is no script. I just had no prep on this except, hey girl, hey, can't wait to see you. You're going to be on my show and we're going to talk about entrepreneurship. But like, you bet your ass I'm sitting here and I have a big old notebook of things I want to talk to Jessica about. And I have, I know her, I've spent all these months getting to know her and I did the work to be prepared for this, but I also am not following a script, but you bet your ass I'm prepared. Right. So now I know how to rock with her and roll with her. And that does come with practice. Okay. Here's what I want to talk to you about. Speaking of being prepared. Okay. How in God's name, you probably get this question all the time. Like girl, I run Well, I run one main business. So like my keynote business is my business. It's my bread and butter. It is how I make 85% of my money. Okay. Speaking on stage. Okay. And now I've entered the course business and I've got this new course I've put out into the world and I have the podcast business, right? This is like its own little business in itself. Right. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm moving into a new business coming soon. More on that um, later, as soon as I can reveal what that will be. Um, but, but for now, I have like three main ecosystems, but systems in my business, but it's all under the hollow worldwide umbrella. Okay. And I have a husband and two dogs and three grown ass stepsons and they're without living their lives. I can barely figure out how to run this business. I'm like, what should my team be? And should I be scaling here? And am I leaving up money on the table here? And oh my God, I haven't looked to my PL in three months. I should probably look at my PL and hold on. Am I bleeding money here? Wait, do I need a sales team? Wait, hold up, hold up. I need an admin. No, maybe I need an OBM. Like, and you have three businesses, well, four businesses plus the business of being a mom. So I guess the question I'm trying to land the plane on is how are you doing it? And what advice would you have to the entrepreneur asking for a friend who does feel overwhelmed and is trying to figure out when to grow, when to get help, when to invest in that and, and when to maybe pull back, like talk to us about growth and, and organizing growth and what that looks like. Well, I, yes, I get asked it a lot. Yes. We're struggling with it every day. Right. And I think number one is I wake up every day with gratitude. And that has Mm. changed everything because the overwhelm can sink in. So, right. Like, it's like, I get to do this. I, I get to do this every day. Right. Like I don't have to do it. I get to do it. This is our fucking job. Like this is our job. I think about it all the time. I'm I'm at work right now. This is real. We're we're at work right now. Yeah. We get to do this. Right. And so for me as like an anxiety ridden human, I, there was a time where I was letting the have to do's really take over. So when I started with the get to do's instead, like changing my, my mind structure in that I was able to like free a lot of like, this is my choice and I'm choosing to run this the best way. Right. So for me, I have, I I love a journal called the self journal and I no no links here, no, whatever. Um, <laughs> Link in <I'm>, bio. <laughs> no, no affiliation here. I no, but seriously it. though, self journal. Call me. Call me. Yeah, call me. I have a ton of I love it. And it is self journal. I'm gonna write that down. Okay. I, and the, you can do it based on like monthly, quarterly, whatever. I love the quarterly one because it's very goal driven cool. and also helps mm. you like organize all these thoughts. So you you have like a big master okay. calendar then a, a weekly calendar and then a day calendar, like as it goes. And it's all about like the right time blocking and all of that. And I also know I've listened to a lot of people talk about time blocking and I always like my eyes rolled back in my head where I was like, you don't get the amount of emails that I get about all the things. Right. I wish I could be like on right. Tuesday, we do this and I don't do anything else. Right. It just isn't no. possible, but it's not possible when I, I want to do that. It's just not possible. It's not possible. So in that journal, <sighs> one of the things that we, that we do is like, it helps you write, break down your day into like, you can complete probably five tasks, right? Okay. Even though your to-do list is like 75 things long, that's like on a master list. But on this day, okay. you're going to give yourself five tasks and then you're like, okay, it's do manageable. And these are the manageable. These are the yeah. five ones. Which one can you not, not finish? Like this one has to get done. Which one, Number it, one. you know, on the, on the scale of it and give it a certain amount of time. And I'm also a person of hyper-focus where like, if I have the task, I can sit here for five hours and finish it, which is not healthy. So that also, that book also tells me like I set my timers and at 30 minutes I get up and at least walk around. Like I separate myself from the task and come back to it. Anyways, being able to structure my time 
and also yeah. about giving my time in the day a dollar amount because my time is Ooh, worth something. And so when I is. when I got to the point where like I can do taxes and bookkeeping, I'm not super fast at it. But do you know how much how many hours of my day or my week or whatever yeah. my month I'm giving to that? Well, how much is a bookkeeper? Well, shit, I'm twice the cost of a bookkeeper. Let's get a bookkeeper. Right. And then that's off. My and it's not even your main skill set. It's not even your zone of genius. So Correct. here you are. Like, it's like an expensive kind of thing. You're like, it's, you're paying a lot of money to be kind of good at something when you could pay a lot less money for someone to be really fucking good right. at it. And, and that's just do the it. truth, yeah. right? You just have these really yeah. hard, honest conversations with yourself and your partner, whoever it is that you're with. And you're like, write down, what's my dream day, right? What do I want to do in it? Now, what do I have to do that I don't want to do? Okay. How many hours mm. is that taking? What's the hourly rate? And kind of going that way. That's how we started building what was the external help that we needed? And we still, to this day, only have independent contractors that we work at, work with because we were Same. able to really fine-tune the task rabbit stuff, right? Of like, yeah. here's, I know that I can do it, but it doesn't mean that I should do it. If I am mm -hmm. the smartest person in the room, what a terribly boring room. I want these people yeah. in their zones of genius to come and help me. So really assigning, like really being like, gut-wrenchingly honest with myself and my time, my husband and his time and his hours and anybody that worked with us of like, what are you doing in these hours for said things? How many hours should yeah. it be taking? How many hours is it taking you to do it? What does that hour cost? And then finding it elsewhere has been invaluable for us. And we've been able to create this team with very clear communications. Really, like, we almost like reverse engineer a job description that way, right? Because you're like, I love here it. are the tasks. Now who would fit in that role? Here are the expectations yeah. we're clearly communicating. And then that frees up some time to uh, organize my thoughts. It doesn't mean it's perfect every time, but at least I start my day with my gratitude, my have to do, should do, you know, whatever is of my day. And then I can finish it with reflection in this journal and be like, shit, you did a lot today and it's okay. And I don't, I never was giving yeah. myself that. I was just going and going and the victory going lap and never yeah. being like, holy shit, look what you've done. You know, and that, that's so important. You know, I think that is so beautiful. You know, goal-focused planning is what I call that. It has changed my life. I, too, do something very similar. And um, I, think, I think that is a really great reminder that the reason we feel, guys, the reason you feel overwhelmed is you don't have a plan. And I think um, pair that with a lack of gratitude and a lack of celebration for all you do do every day and all you do have every day, you, you can really become unstoppable. And that time blocking is everything, um, especially when you're running the business of a family um, on top of the business you're running. But at the end of the day, like Jess, you're actually a business. Like you're like Jess, Jess herself is like Jay-Z, you know, I'm a businessman, but I'm a business man, right? Like I'm a business man. Like I'm a business first. And Everything's going to work better when she does, right? Mm -hmm. So are you getting, you know, that time for you too, which is, which is so important. Okay, Jess, like, and I know I love the whole independent contractor game. Meredith Smith does something very similar. Like we're in this independent contractor game. And I love that because then we can take people who are, you don't have a ton of overhead. You know, I don't need to pay a bunch of insurance and HR and deal with all that. I have no, no, I can't, but let me go find experts who are like, here's what I know I need. And let me go find really dope experts that can help me scale in these areas and, and, you know, make things move a little smoother. And, you know, when I was thinking about that, I was thinking of Meredith and I don't know if you've been into her office yet to have a conversation with her about creativity, but she asked this question. I'm dying to ask you. She asked me the question. I think she asked all of us the question. She's one of our founders mentors and founders is an organization up here of female founders. And we're all mentors and Meredith had us girls in to just get to know us more and interview us. And she goes, okay, Judy, what do you think is harder? And I want to know your answer to this question. Starting a business or staying in business? Staying in business. Holy mm -hmm. God. In the beginning, adrenaline and coffee is all you need, right? Like, <laughs> and got, delusion and delusion. Right? And, delu and you're just like, you can stay up all hours of the night because you're just like so jazzed about getting out, right? Passion is incredible. And then like, what happens when you're like, holy shit, I'm doing everything. I'm wearing all the hats. I'm doing all this stuff and I'm burnt out and I'm tired. But then social media says I have to post 18 times a day. And this is, I have to do oh, this. You know, like 
all the things of the should do's are there. And like, what do you do? And then as you grow, it gets even more expensive. And you're like, holy shit, I didn't know that was going to cost money. What do you mean yeah. that costs money? You know, like in the beginning, you have this Insane. like beautiful bliss and no one knows what like you didn't do because you're just starting. And so the only person in your way is yourself in the beginning, right? So yeah. once you can like, hey, you're the one in the way, move out, let's fucking go. And you start and then you realize, okay, well, as we're going, you see all the things that can be a hurdle, right? But your preparedness helps you pivot around them and figure out what yeah, you're doing. Again. Yeah. But yeah, scaling is way hard and we're in it and it's like this grind, yeah. but we get to do it. Like, right. Like once you're there and you get to like, holy shit, where we came from and where we're going and it's so hard and it's so scary and it's so expensive, but we get to do this and we have this like insane community around us. Like, holy shit, so it's good. worth it. And thank God. But guess what? I was in my way for 10 years right? This idea yeah. happened in 2009. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Look at that though. So right? there you go. Like it didn't start for 10 years. No. So sometimes this is why I love the question because every entrepreneur has a different answer and I'm kind of a hybrid. I'm so with you. Like my knee jerk reaction is the like, well, to be honest, my knee jerk reaction was like fucking starting. Cause like same, I would get in my, I waited. I mean, I didn't start my speaking business till I was like 39 years old. Like, well, lies. It was 2013 that I was side hustling and started all of that. But like, you know, like really like, like quit my job, you know, quit my job was like only seven and a half years ago. Like I side hustled for three and a half, four years. And you know, if there's a regret I have, it is not starting sooner. So that's why I would say not starting, but then now that I'm in it, I'm like, Oh shit, it is hard. Like sales calls and pitching and then scaling and growth and public profiles and staying relevant and the own, your own demons, right? Like comparison and you know, I'm always doing this dance of like, get up, holler and create before you consume, create before mm-hmm. you consume, because, because all it takes is one scroll, one email, one something. And you're just like, you're out of it. You're out of it. Right. And so if I know I have really like, I'm writing this new talk and I have to get this talk out of my head and onto paper, I'm like, just do it first, do it first before the world like pulls you away yeah. from that work. So, um, yeah. Entrepreneurship. It is the finishing. Finishing things can be really hard. Really hard. <laughs> like, like like, it's like shiny, bright objects, right? We're like, ah, that has, needs, yeah. that needs attention. That needs, that like everything needs attention. And so you have to like figure out how to prioritize that and then how to be like, yeah. I'm, I don't, I have no time for that. Who can I bring in to help with this one task? Like who right? can help me? Like, how can I do it? And then who can help me? Like, yeah. how am I going to do Like, here's what I want. How can I do it? And then who, who's going to help me? Like, that's been the secret to my success. Like the only reason I have anything I have is because so many badass women and men have helped and people have helped me do that. Like literally we get nowhere alone. And you, you, you said that about community. And I love that about Naked Rebellion because what you're doing is so much more than creating, um, undergarments and lingerie for everybody on the planet, you are also creating a fucking culture. Yeah. And if you want to build a business, specifically a product-based business, which I have just done my first cut. Well, I have a book and I had to create a culture for fear as my homeboy, but you know, it's a $20 price point, right? Now I have speaker school. I have entered the luxury product game, right? And that is a whole nother game and you have to build a culture and it takes time. And, you know, like you, I'm, I'm going to be moving into this like apparel space. You know, obviously I'm not creating undergarments, but I'm going to be moving into that game. And that game requires, you know, it, a culture, a conversation that is larger than the garment you're selling. Uh, would you agree with that sentiment a little bit? Like this idea of building like culture. Yeah. People, especially now, like we've got so many, we're able to buy so many things from so many places, right? We're like inundated with stuff. You can't even watch TV without like personalized ads to you. The phone's listening to you. Like if you're looking for a certain nose spray, all of a sudden you have nose spray ads. You're like, I'm not even in the market for this. What's happening? Like it is bananas, right? So like, there's so much noise. So how do you cut the noise? And it's being clear, clear communication about your community. Like that's it. And so it's what you stand for. And then it's like, sometimes people don't want to be sold stuff all the time, even though you're selling something, they just want to be a part of something and stand for something that's bigger and know that you stand for something that's bigger. And also like, 
Yeah. People want to know now, like, okay, if I can get it on Amazon, maybe I'll get it on Amazon. But my dollars that go to Amazon aren't creating anything beneficial for anybody right anymore. Right. Right. But right, if you could spend right. $10 and it's on a small local business and what that does for them and like feed their family or just Literally. It means so much more. And so I think we all yeah. are learning that our dollars have so much power. And so when you have this product-based business and you're wanting to communicate to these people that are like going down this journey of like, I want to spend money at a place where it means something, but how do they know what you stand for? So creating the community is the only way. And so we try to, you know, in our community, we try to also champion all other women. So like anyone that's there doing something cool or whatever we do, we share tons of content on our platform. So that people just come and like feel like themselves and they see themselves in the imagery. Like that's the most important thing ever. Like I want anyone watching to log on and see, oh, that's kind of what I look like right there. Oh, my body is represented. Okay. Over there. Oh, my friend looks like her. Like, I want you to say that. And I want you to know every single person, every image is not a model. These are people in our community that I'm like, hey, Which we're going to do a photo shoot. We get inundated with stuff because people want to be a part of something that matters. That's bigger than themselves. Yeah. And it's like insane to me that people want to stand in their underwear for, for me and for it's this insane. and for all of it. But it's like, I am right. filled with so much gratitude for it because like when you're doing this, you're in this like sisterhood of change and shit that means more than anything before, right? Like we're yes. in this together. We all have some sort of body image issue or terrible thing we tell ourselves, or we were told forever that we're all like struggling with, but we get to be this platform of, of and place of like, just as you are, you're awesome. We are not shapewear. We don't change your body. We embrace exactly what you are. You're going to feel fucking tucked and powerful. And like, yeah, it's not shapewear, but it feels like it. Yeah. You feel like a million bucks. You are, you have just embodied your best self, right? That's what we want you to put it on and feel fucking powerful and not like you have to change anything because you don't have to change anything. You're perfect the way you are. And I want you to log on and find some rebellious shit that kind of you're like, Ooh, they're pushing the envelope. I want you to laugh. I want you to find some funny shit on the internet. I want you to know that the internet isn't terrible, that you can come to this place and find some like really cool shit to engage with and see yourself represented in the stuff. So like when you can find the pillars of what your product or your service or whatever, what your community stands for, you just hone in on those things. You're creating gold magic. You're creating gold. That right there is a mic drop moment. What a beautiful piece of advice. Um, anything else like final thought, like what was, I guess maybe a, a beautiful way to end with you would be, um, you know, what would you say the best, like what's like your North star, like what's the best piece of advice or like this mantra or mission or thing you sort of have either inside of yourself or something you've learned along the way that has just been like, thank God I learned that this has just served me time and time again. Do you have a piece of advice or a, a quote or a mission that you like sort of like is like a North star for you? I think something that I've said continuously, and I don't think I consciously chose it, right? But it's like a phrase okay. that I've said forever. And I think when I when I say it, you'll see that like it is definitely in my ethos, but a rising tide lifts all ships, right? Yes. So we all get there together faster. Like mm. when when I talk about what you're doing and what someone else is doing, what Meredith is doing or anybody in the founders yeah. is doing and champion these women and their businesses in all the stages, my business grows. When we champion yes. each other, we all grow. You don't get somewhere yes. alone ever. So like, I didn't know that it was going to be this impactful statement for me, but I have definitely like, I choose every week to find someone else that like wants to connect that we can champion. And I leave every, I start most conversations with like, what do you need in your business? How can I help you? And here's what you can do to help Mm. me. And I end everything with like, okay, so what's the actionable item I can do to help you right now? And then people want to help you back. And it's like, what we've been able to do is like fucking move mountains. Now we can go into, I can go into the founders meeting and introduce myself and I can be like, I think I did it a couple meetings ago where I was like, yeah, I've seen a lot of you guys send me selfies of yourself in the underwear. Who's wearing a bra right now? And it was a room of 120 people and probably 30 or 40 people had the bras on in that moment. That's insane. That's insane. insane. But because of how we champion, right? Like, I want to tell your story. I want you to be in this stuff. I want you to love it. I want to tell everybody's story in there. And I want to help them if they have questions. So 
Um, yeah, a rising tide lifts all ships. Like you don't have to be worried about what anybody else is doing or if they got some big thing right now. Yours is coming and fucking celebrate yeah. them because that's the best way. Yes. It's all gratitude, man. Yeah, it's so good. It's so beautiful. And there is there is enough. There's enough room on the bus. And I love that that is... Um, like it is so evident in you. It is so evident in your spirit. I think, um, you know, the foundress and, you know, anybody that comes into contact with you is lucky to know you because you are a gold mine of information, but you're just the real deal. OG cool ass girl. So, um, I'm so glad to know you, my friend, and I am over here cheering you on and, uh, clapping real loud from the front row. And, um, yeah, I just, I'm so glad you stopped by the show. So thanks for being here. You're, thanks for having shit. me. Thanks for being my yeah. painting friend. And everything. Oh my God, like- cactuses, <laughs> painting, vintage wine, um, little lady vintage, vintage fine wines and cactuses and paintbrushes brought us together, which couldn't be any more perfect. And guys, I think you're going to love Jess as much as I do. So everything's in the show notes. So go follow Jess, go follow Naked Rebellion. Um, we'll link up to her website. Go check out, you know, the beautiful, the beautiful things she makes. I mean, it's your bodysuits, honestly, that bodysuit, that reversible, the black one, Black, I mean, are you kidding me? It is like so slimming and so amazing. So, I mean, guys, go check out Jess. Go check out Naked Rebellion and the movement they're making in the world. And Jess, just thanks for stopping by the show. You're the shit. Thanks, babe. You're the shit. Thanks for having me. All right, y'all. I hope you loved that conversation. I mean, don't you just love her? And you've got to go follow her on Instagram and Naked Rebellion. They're doing the best stuff. My favorite is when Jessica tries on like the lingerie and other brands stuff. Like she'll put on other brand stuff and it's just so real and raw and vulnerable. I love her. And I hope you learned so much from this episode. And mostly I hope you remember that you're never too old. You're never too busy and you're never too late. Like if it matters, you will figure it out. And there's always a way. And it doesn't mean we don't go through seasons right? We're going to go through seasons. But but if it matters, like you got to make it happen. And I hope that's what you pick up from what we're putting down here today, because Jessica is, is really out there showing us what's possible. So talk to me. Let me know what you thought about the episode. Hit me up on Instagram. And I can't wait to be here with you next week. Uh, in the meantime, keep living out loud, baby. Holla. Holla. 